Well, our weekend starts here because, uh, as you can probably hear with the PA in the background, we're just getting ready for the first of the big practice sessions of the weekend, the Kinrara Trophy, that for uh, early 60s sports cars this year. Um, and, you know, it's been raining, it rained quite heavily first thing, it, the track is damp, there are puddles in quite a large number of places, and, um, you know, from the driver's point of view, it's going to be fun out there. They're going to take it a little bit careful, they're going to entertain the crowds, well, maybe there's not quite so many crowds so far, not many in the stands, because most people, when they arrive here, they want to have a walk around. They want to see what's going on, and there is lots going on. I mean, we're here in this collecting area with all these wonderful early 60s cars, and it's, it's absolutely full up here. There are just so many people here who are just looking around. Vehicles coming in. Surely one of the most iconic sports cars of all time has to be the AC Cobra. And uh, I'm talking to the driver of the... Uh, Cobra is shortly to go out and uh, play with it in the wet. You're looking forward to that? <laughs> well, I would be looking forward to it a little bit more, I think, if it were slightly drier. Of all the cars in the wet, this is not the most well behaved. I'm Martin Hunt, lucky owner of it. I've had this car for about eight years, and we've campaigned it in a pre 63 series. And this race has sort of come onto the, the calendar more recently, and is actually, I think, one of the more exciting races of the Revival weekend. I quite agree with you. I mean, the, the, the strength of the field is quite extraordinary. The number of 250 uh, GT Ferraris General is extraordinary. something, is it? Yeah, it's quite amazing. <laughs> so you're up against them. How would you rate their handling against yours in the wet? Finely balanced, beautiful machines. I think you know, we would outgrunt them if we were able to get the power down. So I think today it might be a little bit closer. I'm not expecting to be in the, in the front five this year. All these cars, as you said, they're all actually pre-1963. And the Cobra, in its pre-63 spec, has got the 260 cubic inch engine, which is still pretty big, but it's small when compared to the FIA Cobras. So it's 4.2 litres. But it's also handicapped further by, by its steering geometry, which is an old-fashioned steering box which really makes it a handful in the corners. Added to which, it has the um, transverse cart spring across the front right. <laughs> between the, between the, 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 the two, the two um, hubs. Um, so very old-fashioned technology in there. This is sometimes what happens when you mate uh, sort of American grunt with, with um, a sports car manufacturer that was perhaps a little past its, its glorious days. It, it was. I mean, they had, they'd had iconic success with the, with the AC Ace, which, of course, had a number of different engines itself. And this is much more similar to the AC Ace than the Cobras. I mean, the, the side profile of this car is virtually unchanged from the Ace. They were able to lower the bonnet a little bit because the, the, the Bristol six-cylinder engine was very tall and the V8 is quite squat. Well, I'm talking to Mark Davis, and we've already talked about the, the incredible array of cars in this particular race. Um, the, the Ferrari 250 GT one of the most iconic sports cars of all times i think there were what nine or ten lined up here for this race yeah i think you know close close to ten seven eight nine that i think i counted them yesterday and i think i came to eight or eight or nine i mean there weren't all that many of them built but they were ultimately one of the most successful sports cars of their of their era you've owned this one quite a long time uh, I think, you know, probably from the late 90s, which, you know, time flies, so I think it's going to be almost 20 years now uh, that I've owned it. Yes, indeed. Yep. 
and raced it regularly? Uh, from the beginning, I've raced it, you know, Shell Historic Ferrari Challenge, uh, various races, you know, Silverstone, Goodwood, of course, uh, name it. Yeah, I've done rallies with it, races with it. <coughs> been actually you know my most reliable car of all i think and a very famous previous owner to you well initially this is the car that started marinello concessionaries with ronnie hoare you know who bought it from enzo ferrari and i have all the correspondence uh, from that day and uh yeah since then it's changed hands quite a few times but always to uk owners you know always kind of the who's who of ferrari circles in the uk actually when you look at the names uh, and it still is on its, I think, 1962 registration, 7272 RU. So. <laughs> always great to see these cars actually in use rather than as museum pieces. Well, yeah, I, you know, that's my, my conviction is I think these cars need to be driven, uh, you know, just sitting there. Yeah, actually, they go worse when you let them sit idle rather than run them. So, and, and they're great cars to run as well. And, and you're paired with Derek Bell, I believe, in this instance. Yes, I yes. am. Good company. Oh, yeah, Derek's, you know, uh, wonderful, wonderful bloke. Uh, obviously, you know, great, great uh, racer. And, you know, he, over the years, he's become a friend. So I always enjoy and, you know, look you know, to see him again and to race together. And our objective is to have fun, so. Good stuff. That's exactly the way it should be. Enjoy your weekend. Thank you very much. In front of one of the Aston Martins in this extraordinarily high-quality field of sporting cars. Now, you've owned this. It's a DB4 GT. Yes. You've owned it for a very long time. Yes, I have it since 97, and since then I always race it, more or less every year. It's very good news that it's not a museum piece, that it's no, a, an no. actively campaigned racer. It's a race car from the beginning, this one. It's a fully blood <laughs> racer. <laughs> How much sort of factory support do you get? You get some assistance from the factory? I mean, in, in technical terms? Oh, no, we're very sympathetic with each other. In technical terms, uh, they could deliver some of the spare parts, and so if we, we need help, they will absolutely kindly help us all over the places and every time. But you campaigned this all over Europe, I think. Uh, yeah, we're going to Germany, Spa and France, and Belgium and France, yeah, more or less. Sometime also in Italy. Next time, next year I'm going to Italy. What do you think of um, your speed today? Because it's quite damp out there, but this is a, a quite well-mannered car, I think, in the wet. Today is nothing about speed. It's just to to be constantly safe and find grip and try to gain the best time you can. Well, I'm talking to William Nuttall, who's just strapping himself into one of these gorgeous E-types. This is a really spectacular collection of racing machinery from the early 60s. This is a serious player within that company, isn't it? Yeah, hopefully. We'll, we'll find out within uh, 45 minutes uh, as to whether we're quicker or slower compared to everybody else but it's very nice to be driving it out here against such lovely machinery with the ferraris in this grid and the other e-types a little bit tricky out there it's a bit damp so you're going to just go out and play safe and take it nice and easy we always try and play safe uh, but we will take it easy ish it should suit our car actually um, because it's uh, probably a bit softer than some of the other ones out there and we can probably get that, the power down a bit better than something with a lot of power like the Cobras. Yeah, the Cobras and the uh, Corvettes are going to have a lot of grunt, uh, which they're not going to be able to use in these sort of conditions. It, it favours you. Yeah, hopefully. I don't want to speak too soon, though. This is a vehicle that's campaigned quite regularly, I think, isn't it? 
Yes, uh, the Woods, who own the car, uh, campaign it for the last four or five years, uh, over all over Europe, really. It definitely helps that they keep coming out and keep getting used, and that was what they're made for, really. This is a, a wonderful collection of sports cars here, and I'm uh, talking to Lucas Cooney, who is the entrant of... Um, one of the slightly unusual cars here, because this is a Ferrari 330 GTO, one of the less well-known, perhaps, Ferraris, but it's just in period, I think. Uh, it is simply one of the first series GTO with a classic body, but the very, very last got the four-litre engine, which had been under development and came into the car. So it's identical to the 250 GTO Series 1, except it has the four-litre engine. Which gives it more power or more torque? Torque, very much, because engine size causes torque. So, yes, more torque and maybe a slight edge on acceleration on lower revs. But in ultimately, uh, on the clock, it uh, will not be faster than an equivalent 250 with a 3-litre engine. In fact, this car has been here before and won here before, if I remember rightly. Yeah, it has been here a number of times, and uh, it's one of the few GTOs that is still coming out, sadly. Yes, sadly. One of the things we've been talking about is the fact it's a delight to see so many of these cars that are being used and are not in museums. Yes, absolutely. What do you think it'll handle like out here on the damp surface? A little better than some of the uh, big bruisers like the Corvette, etc.? Uh, it will certainly handle better than these. Uh, it is uh, a car with uh, exceptional uh, handling and suspension quality, so it will handle well, but the rain will limit the adhesion, so uh, drive carefully is the motto. Is the answer. Well, have an enjoyable weekend. Thank you very much. Thank you, Lucas. And that was the field for the Kinrara Trophy going out. Absolutely gorgeous noise. Still in the collecting area. It's quiet here yeah, at the moment. And very quiet. An opportunity to talk to a touring car legend, John Cleland, who's becoming quite a regular at all of the Goodwood events. You seem to really enjoy them. No, I, I think Lord March has done a fabulous job of recreating something that the public just buy into. I, I just said to Steve there just now that this place amazes me coming in this morning uh, queuing the way you do to get into this place yeah. that early in the morning I don't actually remember anything other than a British touring car event at the height of its times in the 90s where you queued quite the same and everybody buys into this whole concept of getting dressed in period costume and the cars that come out are just fabulous they are just amazing. But coming back to the touring cars in the 80s and 90s you were really in the thick of it then and there were some great scraps going on and I interviewed a lot of people at that time, and you know it was gentleman racing, but it was pretty rough house at times. It was very rough because at the time we probably had two dozen professional paid drivers working for you know eleven, twelve manufacturers. So what it meant was that 
if we won a race on a Sunday, the manufacturer would have a page advert in the, in the, you know, in the Daily Mail or whatever else on a Monday morning. We would sell cars from it. So it was a really serious time. And at, the, at that stage in the mid-90s, there were more drivers being paid to drive touring cars than drivers being paid to drive Formula One cars. So it was just a fabulous era, and everybody wanted into it and get a slice of the action. Well, indeed, everybody did. Now, you were selling cars at the same time anyway. You you had a Volvo dealership, and I, the reason I remember that is you took me out in one of the first 850s at Silverstone on a press day. Great fun it was, too. Yeah, I mean, I the first year I signed a contract with Vauxhall was 1989. I signed a contract in the January um, for, my, for my driving career that year. Uh, and by about the May, I terminated Vauxhall as a franchise and put Volvo in its place. So I thought I was going to get fired from my uh, driving contract. But for, for all the years I raced, I raced for Vauxhall. They were, they were good to me. I, they always seemed to give me a car until the latter stages uh, that was capable of being on the podium somewhere. So I, that's why I stuck with them. It was great. Good years. I remember them very well. Enjoy your weekend, and I'm sure you will. What are you driving this weekend? I'm driving, of all things, the Nash Metropolitan, the uh, Spearmint green and white car. I'm kind of hoping it pours the rain because that's about the only chance it's going to have of getting near the front end. But it'll be great fun no matter what. Uh, it'll be great fun. It's one of those odd-looking cars, though, that if it ends up on its roof, it looks roughly the same upside down. It looks the same back, does it does at the front, so I'm not sure what will happen. We'll wait and see. <laughs> Enjoy. Thank, Thank you, John. Now, this is slightly unusual. One of the things that's, I think, noticeable about the Formula Junior field, there's some very unusual, by most people's standards, manufacturers in there. This is a yeah, DeSanctis right. Fiat. Yes, this is uh, DeSanctis Fiat. There are only three, three of these cars made. Um, it's one of the first cars where they moved the engine to the back. Right, OK. So, it's, uh, yeah, it's quite a different car. I've had it for uh, five or six years now, and um, this is only the second time we've raced it at Goodwood. So. But great fun, though. Yeah, absolutely fantastic fun. Seriously competitive? No, 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 no very no, unseriously no, competitive. Fun it's fun, yeah. big fun. So you can race the Formula Junior anywhere in the world. Yeah, yeah. very popular. Reasonably cost effective? Uh, yes, because it's based on production car components. Yeah. So yes, it is. It's fairly, uh, fairly uh, economic to run a car like this. So you're just going to go out and have some fun? I'm going to smile all the way round. Well, still in the collecting area with these very, very pretty Formula Junior cars. And talking to uh, Mike Gregory, the owner of... It's a, it's a 1959 uh, Di Tommaso Formula Junior. A uh, little bit of the history. It uh, was built in 59. It was the third car that Di Tommaso actually made, but the very first uh, Formula Junior he made. And he made six of these, um, all of which went to the States. Now, the sort of the... Uh, follow-on name for this is Di Tommaso Isis and people sort of say oh Isis you know this is all a big problem these days but it's actually named after his wife whose name was Isabella ah, and so, that was that was a, a pet name for her exactly exactly yeah so that that sort of uh, uncovers the mystery if you like but these these look like great fun to drive and this is a very very popular field oh absolutely I mean uh, back in the day, it was a feeder series for the Italian sort of uh, for the Formula One, and um, there are many, many uh, cars, all very individual, and uh, you know there are one-off cars. As long as you sort of built a car within the rules, you could build it from basically anything, um, just basic sort of uh, rules. Uh, this particular car has got a, an 1100 Fiat engine, so relatively easy to keep running, to keep 
It's sort of affordable motorsport or just about? Well, um, I would question that because obviously Fiat stands for fix it again tomorrow yeah. and that seems to, <laughs> seems to be the format. But no, it's great fun and it's uh, even more fun in the wet. <laughs> it's just about to start raining again by the feel of it. Go out and have some fun, enjoy your weekend. Thank you very much, I will do. Well, there are famous names in motor racing, there are famous names in motorcycling, and then there are legends. And these two gentlemen are from a legendary motorcycling family. William and Michael Dunlop. Michael, you're just about to go out and practice in the rather wet weather we have here. On Just an MV that uh, the K family owns, so it's one I read at the Manx. So yeah, I'm looking forward to get a run around and see what happens. But both yourself and your brother William are here today. Yeah, yeah, the two of us are and it together, so I'm looking forward to it. So hopefully, weather's not great, but that's the way it goes. Well, we said it was wet earlier. It still is. In fact, if anything, it's getting heavier. The St Mary's Trophy, the practice for the race for saloon cars, was, if not washed out, certainly... Um, challenging I think was the uh, least that could be said of it it was very very difficult driving conditions I think I can only remember one year which is worse uh, and that particular year would have been better off with a boat than a car and it shows a little sign of easing up nevertheless the people are here the crowds are here people that have bought a ticket making sure that they use that ticket a lot of them aren't sitting in the grandstand, though. A lot of them are watching what they can and then taking time to dry out. And uh, the various temporary pop-up hostelries that are dotted about the place. Not long back from uh, a very, very wet practice session, Troy Corsa. Still on row two, but that looked really hairy out there. Yeah, you know, it was, uh, the track was, was consistently slippery around the whole track. So it wasn't too bad, actually. You just felt what you had and you just had to ride around. Uh, that was the first time I've actually sat on the bike this morning. So uh, I didn't want to do anything silly and run off or crash or anything like that. So I just took my time. Um, I wasn't really too worried about where we qualified, really, as long as we just got a time in and uh, we we're on the, the start line for tomorrow for the race. Yep. So that's a, a pretty good position, hopefully in better weather. Uh, and slightly better demonstration but Goodwood has a habit of sort of dumping people on bikes and cars that they've never driven before yeah to be honest I reckon we've probably got more chance in the wet than in the dry you know, the bike that uh, Dunlop's on that MV Gus it's, it's a missile you know, down the straight so uh, in the dry it's just going to be even faster so I'm actually hoping it's going to be wet because I know I can probably ride with him then at least around the corner so uh, but yeah, it's, it's a great event, you know, a pity that the, the rain's come in, but it uh, hasn't dampened the, uh, the spirit and the atmosphere around the place out in the paddock, so it's great. Well, I spoke to Michael just before we, you went out, and um, he was quite looking forward to the challenge, and he was pretty quick out there. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, the, the track's not that difficult to learn, really, to be honest. It's, it's just a big circle with a few corners. But for us to jump on these old bikes and go out there and ride things that we've never sat on before... It's just a great you know, opportunity to, to ride something from that age, so uh, so I'm enjoying it. It's great. It's a, a, entirely sort of unpredictable when you just jump onto something like that. But uh, I, I know Barry, because I interviewed Barry a number of times, and certainly not long before he died, he was of the same mindset. You know, throw a bike at me, I'll jump on it. 
Yeah, yeah, for most of us riders, a bike's a bike. You know, it's got two wheels and a throttle and brakes, and uh, you just get on and ride it. So, uh, like I said, it's nice to get the opportunity to ride some of these old classic bikes. Uh, the BMW Classic Group do a fantastic job preparing the bikes for me. Uh, it's safe. The bike's safe. It's all prepared really well. And, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm not worried at all about that at all. So, um, so no, it's great. So target for tomorrow? Uh, see how we go, see how the weather goes. Um, I get a good start and just, just run the laps of the race, really, to see what happens. But uh, no, really, no expectations, really. Just uh, go out there and have some fun. Chris Harris. What do you think, seriously, uh, of the Sunbeam Rapier? I have to say it was a car when I was a kid I really fancied, but... Um, I didn't even... I'm, I'm quite good on my 60s stuff, but the 50s is is not really my my uh, my, ex, my level of expertise. I'm a little older than you. Yeah, OK, I'm not going to say anything. I think the the car handles well. Uh, the engine's good. It's obviously it's a big... It's a it's that 50s-era heavy saloon car. It's not really... It doesn't lend itself as a platform for a race car that well. But in these conditions, I mean, honestly, as much fun. It, it The driving characteristics of a car like that on those tyres in this weather is much like a modern AMG with 500 horsepower on a dry circuit. So, um... I re- nice analogy. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's great fun. I want an event. You know, I, I'm just, I love the fact that enthusiasts turn up here in, these, in this weather. I mean, there are queues everywhere despite the fact that it's a deluge at the moment. But tomorrow, I gather, is better Sunday mixed. So there we go. This is a, a special car, the C-Type Jaguar, but not only is this a special C-Type Jaguar as well, with a magical name on the side. Yes, indeed. It was uh, Duncan Hamilton's car um, in 52, and he uh, raced it extensively uh, himself uh, from um, Goodwood to, to Scotland. And effectively, he went on to win, of course, in 53 in the work seat type uh, for, for the factory. And uh, amazing man, one, one wonderful life he had and uh, did an awful lot of good things. You know. you, you've owned this car, I think, for quite some time. I think I've owned it about 20 years now. And um, I've... Just getting the hang of it. Just, well, you know, I'm getting a bit old, but... Uh, I love it. It's wonderful fun to drive and to do Le Mans Classic and have the privilege of being invited here is very special. I've, I've driven a 51 uh, on the road uh, and that was just vastly entertaining. It was on cross plies and every roundabout was a, an adventure. Well, cross plies, um, I have that on the uh, copy Hawthorne Mark 1 I've built and um, as you say, that is absolutely very interesting you really have to be alert to um, not lose it but good driving you know well, exactly that's what it all comes down to in the end and you're going to exercise that this afternoon i think it's still a little bit slippery out there but this is a very sure-footed motor car it always was yes indeed it is a sure-footed motor car and um you know i i don't push it to its limit it, the, the problem with the values of them now and so on it, it it's, puts pressure on you just to be a good boy but anybody can make a mistake. We all can make a mistake, uh, and that's very easy to do. But to enjoy it and, um, you know, really, really make the best of it is, uh, and try and give a spectacle within reason. With uh, Christopher Mann, with this absolutely delightful, I think he very proudly wears a number one on the side. But this is, um, this is a fairly unusual and very rare motor car. Well, it is a bit unusual because it's the only one actually in the UK and it's the only three-litre 
uh, big disco volante, the, all the other uh, survivors and all the original ones were three and a half litre, but this was the prototype for the three litre sports racing formula of 1954 to 57. Right. But unfortunately, having built the car, it didn't really do very, it didn't cover itself with glory because in the first race it got crashed and Alfa Romeo thought, you know what, basta, that's enough. That's a great pity because it's, it's a gorgeous looking motor car and you're certainly in some very good company here. Well, the good company is a very good company and some wonderful, wonderful cars which are seriously fast. And uh, we're slightly handicapped because we've got the original three-litre engine with original rods, crank and everything and uh, there is only the one. So unlike some of my uh, fellow uh, competitors with beautiful, beautiful cars uh, who have the benefit of a spare or two, we don't have any. So uh, we have to be a bit more careful. And if we are seen bringing up the rear a little, I hope I'll be forgiven. Well, I, indeed you will. I mean, it's, it's just a delight that um, you, you actually put this car on the track and drive it like it should be driven with, with some respect and deference for its age. Well, it's actually it's a car we use a lot uh, on the road anyway. I mean, it's, uh, it lives in a suburban garage in Greenwich and uh, it can often be seen going to the pub or going to Tesco's. So it's, it's a multi-purpose car and we're incredibly lucky to have it. And, uh, and it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. We did a thousand kilometers in Italy in it, um, with my wife in the summer and uh, it's, it's a pretty wonderful uh, thing. And when you're in it, you're really buried in it, so all the weather goes over the top. So I can't wait to get going so I don't get wet. <laughs> well, I know I let you put your helmet on because yeah. you started to throw it down again. Yeah, yeah. Thank Never you mind. very much. Not at all. Thank you. We're back in the collecting area. I'm talking to John Guy, who's in the uh, 1939 Torba Lago. Talbo. Talbo Lago. Let's get that right. These, these things are important. It is very much a car of its era, but a car that you obviously campaigned quite a lot because there's a lot of scrutineering stickers on there. It, indeed, it's, it's been out fresh within an inch of its life for 10 years now, 12 years, since I found it wrecked behind a, a barn, cut in half and in pieces. <laughs> Gorgeous motor car. What I didn't do was the actual shaping of the metal on the body. Well, everything else is me. So when it falls off, it's my fault. <laughs> well, it's a great way to look at it. I mean, it, this is not a, a, a race car of a type that's terribly well known these days. I mean, this is pre-war racing in, in the closing months before the war. Exactly that. It's the last version of a Talbot racing car that before the war. And later on, after the war, which is probably more well known... The T26 was based on this chassis. Ah, but this has got a humble 4-litre engine, and uh, it goes quite well for what it is. Well, and a lot of these cars continued to be used after the war because the, there were very few cars left. Exactly. When they, and the French, of course, restarted racing quite quickly. Yes, and the, a model like this, one of its sister cars, came second in 1951 or something like 1950 at Le Mans. They're lovely old real cars. There's nothing special about them. They're not difficult to work on. They're just good, simple engineering. A bit good engineering. And good engineering. Pre-selected beer box being the best thing, I think. Yeah. Heavy, but wonderful. Well, it sounds like you've really spent a lot of time and half your life into this car. I have indeed, yes. Right, just about to talk in the collecting area to Rob, Robert Fink, 
with the uh, 1930 Bentley supercharged gorgeous motor car I love the fact that it's obviously never been repainted this seems to be the original colours no 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 it's not it was, uh, this was the last number of the 50s right 50 okay. uh, was production and the last number of the 50s and I got the car now 26 years now and around the, I spray it with oil clean it with oil this is just everything this is everything as all <laughs> but it's, it's wonderfully period and patinated yeah, yeah. And, and just as it should be yeah it would I, I we never cleaned the car just with oil absolutely wonderful you're going to go out and have some fun in this this afternoon thank you much thank you much now we found found our paperwork (laughs) you didn't have yeah maybe 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 it's in the hotel but we we can tomorrow start again you're going anyway (laughs) good for you thank you very much well we're getting towards the end of what has been a very very wet day and there's quite a big storm, I understand, due to come in a little bit later. So uh, people are beginning to batten down the hatches for what could be a rough evening. But as I stand here, there's still a lot of people here. A lot of people have enjoyed a lot of motorsport. Some of it has been a very wet motorsport, but nonetheless attractive for all that. And something to investigate tomorrow is the auction something also to investigate tomorrow because they're right in front of where I'm standing at this very moment this fabulous collection of vintage aircraft so our aeronautical consultants will be with us tomorrow so we'll have uh, something to talk about there and of course another full day's racing tomorrow and there's been some great stuff already today long may it continue certainly we've got another two days of it to come if the weather holds good it'll be faster than ever